Hello and welcome to today's devotional about mother's love. And we will focus on three things, three R's if you may, recognition, respect, responsibility. I have been a parent for almost 32 years now, but up to this day, I can still say that a mother's love is something that only another mother would completely understand. Even fathers wouldn't completely comprehend this. I love my children, but my wife's love for them is far beyond defining. I love this poem that best describes it. A mother's love is made up of devotion, of sacrifice and pain. It is endless and unselfish and enduring come what may, for nothing can destroy or take that love away. It is patient and forgiving when all others are forsaking, and it never fails even though her heart is breaking. A many-splendored miracle man cannot understand, another wondrous evidence of God's tender hand. Being a mother is a thankless 24-7 job. Sometimes at the start of the day, she'll have no idea how to do it. But every single day, it still gets done. They are just able to pull it off. To the young and unmarried women, you will probably never understand this until you become a mom yourself. Remember, the natural state of motherhood is selflessness. The moment your child is born, you no longer are the center of your universe because you have relinquished that position to your children. The first two R's that I want to talk about are recognition and respect. There are many days when a mother's effort will pass unnoticed. So let's take a moment to give them a big hug, thank them and tell them that we appreciate and love them. It's not easy being a mother. If it were easy, fathers would do it. So husbands, you can also do the same. Give your wife a big thank you hug. We all have different stories and memories of our moms, some of them pleasant and some quite not. There are no perfect mothers, and regardless of how your relationship with your mom is like, today we are reminded without any condition attached to honor and to respect them. The Bible says, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on earth. We often take for granted the very people that deserve our gratitude. Today we recognize and remember our moms. Today we are all reminded that they deserve our respect and we are called to honor and to love them. How do you honor your mother? How do you honor your father? You honor them by being obedient to them. Remember when Jesus was about 12 years old and Mary and Joseph lost him during the feast of the Passover? After three days, they found him in the temple listening and asking questions. And we read in Luke chapter 2, verse 51, Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But her mother treasured all these things in her heart. Jesus showed us how he honored his parents by being obedient to them. To honor our parents means to respect and obey them, just as Jesus respected and obeyed his parents, Mary and Joseph on earth. We show our honor to our moms by obeying them. You show your honor to her by loving her, even if at times 
she would do or say things that make it difficult for you to see eye to eye with her. Why? Because Jesus also loved his mother. As he was suffering on the cross in extreme pain and agony, he was worried about his mother and he was going to take care of her when he was gone. He made a plan for her provision. And we read this in John chapter 19, verse 26. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. And then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. Jesus made sure that his mother would be taken care of by entrusting her to the disciple John. This shows that even with the weight of the world on him, he still cared for both the immediate and long-term care of his mother. A mother's love is a reflection of God's love. It is fashioned after God's enduring love, endless and unfailing, like the love of God above. There may be times that life can be discouraging, but I just want to encourage all the mothers today. If you're a mom, that means you're far from being perfect. You will make mistakes, and sometimes you will lose your temper. Sometimes you will forget about things, and there will be days when you just want to give up. I just want to let you know it's okay. We are not born to be perfect. We are born to be real and honest with our limitations. So moms, even in your imperfection, remember, no one else can love your children like you do. Isaiah 66.13 says, As one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you. Here we see that God uses the symbol of a mother to represent his own ability to comfort his children. When we were younger, whose embrace do we long for when we're hurt? Who makes sure there's always Vicks vapor up ready when we have colds? Who makes the hot soup when we're down with the flu? I want to challenge you today. If you have forgotten to value your own mother or the person who fulfilled that role in your life, could be your aunt or your grandmother or somebody else, call her, message her, write her a note today, and tell her how much she means to you. Your mom may not even come close to the ideal mom that you see played in movies, or she may be completely different from your friend's mom. But nevertheless, we need to love, respect them, and obey them, and be thankful for them. The third R that I want to talk about is responsibility. And by this, I'm referring to your spiritual responsibility towards your children. There has been a great deal of scientific research on the influence mothers have on their children's brain activity and their social and emotional development. But we don't have to look far because we know for ourselves that our mothers have influenced and tremendously impacted our lives in many ways, some of which we may be unconsciously aware of. Parents, I want us to remember that we hold in our hands the power to influence the future of our children. And with that power comes responsibility. I recently came across a lady named Amy Chua who made the New York Times bestseller list in 2011 for her book Battle Hymn of the Tiger Mother, which is a narrative of her journey in being a strict parent and by strict, she is in a class by herself 
She was named one of Time Magazine's 100 Most Influential People. Her mother graduated summa cum laude at the University of Santo Tomas with a degree in chemical engineering. Yes, she is a Filipino-Chinese-American lawyer who herself graduated magna cum laude in college and cum laude in her doctorate law degree at Harvard University. Here's what she said. A lot of people wonder how Chinese parents raise such stereotypically successful kids. They wonder what these parents do to produce so many math wizards and music prodigies. What it's like inside the family and whether they could do it too. Well, I can tell them because I've done it. She's also a law professor at Yale School and married to another professor in the same school. A mother of two girls, Sophia and Lulu. Here Amy lists some of the things her children were never allowed to do. They're never allowed to attend a sleepover or have a play date or be in a school play. They cannot watch TV or play computer games. And they cannot get any grades less than A. They cannot afford to be not the number one student in every subject, except gym and drama. And they cannot play any instrument other than the piano or the violin. She just didn't write the theory about raising kids. She and her husband did it. Her daughters boasted incredible achievements, both in music and academics. They are beautiful and well-mannered young women. Beautiful family, all successful in their respective fields. Her daughters are high achievers. And don't get me wrong, I have nothing against aiming for success. There's absolutely nothing wrong with being the best that you can be. But let me ask you this. In the grand scheme of things, in the light of eternity, is this what really matters in the end? The big idea of today's message is this. We have the responsibility to pass on our faith to our children. And this is not just for mothers, but for all of us parents, fathers as well. This is not your children's Christian school's responsibility, or your pastor's responsibility, or your church's responsibility. Shema is the Hebrew word for here. Shema Israel, or Shema, is the centerpiece of the daily morning and evening prayer that Jews observe and recite every day. It is the first section of scripture that a Jewish child would learn. They would traditionally recite this twice a day with their hands over their eyes. The actual words they recite can be found in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 to 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. In this passage, Moses commands us to know God. The most important thing in our journey in this life is to know who God is. And the only way we can lead our families is out of this intimate knowledge of who God is. Our knowledge of God is meant to transform our lives, our entire lives. If your knowledge of who God is doesn't transform your life, then you probably don't know God the way you should. 
When Jesus was asked what the fundamental principle of the law was, he answered by quoting verse 5, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And we just don't love God. We love Him with all that we have, with the totality of our whole being, all the time, in every area of our life. Moses said, And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. These words are easy to understand. But Moses is saying, if it doesn't sink into your heart, it just becomes head knowledge and would do you no good. So what do we do with this knowledge of the Lord? What do we do with this command to love the Lord with all our heart, soul, and strength? First, we shall keep them in our heart. And Moses said, we shall teach them diligently to our children. And I want to stop and focus on who this command is being given to. It is given to us parents, fathers and mothers. Our role is to teach, to impart, to exemplify this truth to our children diligently. And when do we teach our children to love God? We impart and we teach it to them when we sit in our house, when we walk by the way, when we lie down, and when we rise. We teach them to love God every day, every morning, every night, and every time in between. It says, You shall tie these words as a sign on your hand and put them on your foreheads. And more than putting on a bracelet or a headband that says, I love God, I believe that what this means is that we have to walk our talk. Our children should experience this love firsthand and they should see the overflow of God's love in our lives. This means that it's not enough that we tell them about Jesus, but they should experience and see Jesus through us. To pass on our faith to our children is our responsibility. It starts with us knowing God and loving Him with all our heart, our soul, and our strength. Then we are commanded to teach and impart this truth to our children. We speak our faith, we show our faith, we live our faith. This exercise of teaching them is a responsibility that is given to us. And we will all be accountable to God for this. We have the responsibility to teach our children. And I'm all for teaching them values and manners. I'm all for giving them the best education, for teaching them to be practical and how to be street smart. I'm all for teaching them to save, invest, and make good use of their money. I'm all for teaching them everything to prepare them for their life ahead. But if we do not teach them to know God and to love Him, then everything that they have learned and everything that they become because of what they have learned will all be in vain. I tell you, it's easy to fool others. You can go to church every week, attend your small groups regularly, have your family devotions daily, and have this semblance of a pious religious life. But the real test is a changed life. Are we living the truth of who God is in such a way that it transforms us in the life of our children? Again, listen to Moses' words. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. This is clearly telling us that the spiritual formation of our children starts at home. We do not pass on this responsibility to our pastor, to our Sunday school teacher, or to the Christian school our child attends to. This command is for parents, 
the teaching happens at home, not someplace else. I believe in my heart that the Bible has always called home to be a church. And your home becomes a church when a husband takes the lead in his faith and when his wife supports him. You both lead by serving your family. You lead your children by showing them that you know God. And you just don't know Him, you love Him with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Your home becomes the church when you do family worship together. This may look differently from one family to another. It may be you reading a Bible story to your young kids, or just everyone bowing down their heads in prayer before a family meal. It may be awkward in the beginning, but consistency is the key. Remember, you cannot teach your children what you don't know. Know God. You cannot teach your children what you don't practice. Love God with all your heart, soul, and strength. It all starts with us. And the way to do this is to get the story of what Jesus has done on the cross for us so deep into our souls, deep into our souls that it begins to overflow in every area of our lives so that our children will hear from us, they will see in us, and they will know that Jesus alone is Lord and that we have to love Him with all our heart, our soul, and our strength. At the end of it all, the most important item in our children's life is their confession of their faith in Jesus Christ as their Savior. That in their unusual joys and sorrows as they live their lives, they are sustained by their faith in God through Jesus Christ. To know God, to love God, that is the best legacy we can pass on to our children.